On this month's episode of Digital Signage Digest, we are joined by Epson to discuss their latest projectors for digital signage applications, as well as the company's latest displays for educators. Samsung also joins us later in the show to discuss its recent Back to Business conference. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Digital Science Digest, episode number 18, Future Projections. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Peerless AV, driving technology through innovation. I'm Lynn Raleen, and this is Digital Science Digest, the AV Nation TV show that looks at the news and issues of the digital signage market. On this episode of Digital Science Digest, I'm first joined by Remy Delmar and Tom Pache of Epson, to discuss the company's new line of mini projectors for digital signage applications, as well as Epson's laser display models for education applications. Later in the show, Samsung's Mark Kiros will join me to go behind the scenes of Samsung's recent Back to Business virtual conference, which showcased several digital signage solutions in situ. Joining me now is Remy and Tom. Hello and welcome to the show. Hi, Hi thanks for having us. Wonderful to see you both. So I'm just gonna launch in here. Last month, Epson announced new PowerLight projectors, including PowerLight W70 and PowerLight W75 mini laser projectors for signage. Who's the target end user for these projectors? Um, so that's a good question. Let me just take a step back and uh, maybe provide some context in the sense that Epson's entry into digital signage market started with Lightsea. Um, three years ago with the 2000 lumen spotlight shape projector. You know, we have a vision and that vision and it's backed by laser technology. That vision is that eventually basically any source of illumination and projection technology will merge so that you have information at your access. So think of smart lighting and laser enables us to have smaller, brighter, um, more uh, compact solutions that can fit into smaller boxes. Um, so we launched in you know, at a time where a lot of um, companies are not necessarily producing new products, we're kind of doubling down on the signage slash lighting space because there are many opportunities that we see where projection can thrive. What's, what makes projection different is this idea that you can project on nearly any surface, um, fabric, water, um, you know, any uneven surfaces, and you are now bound by a rectangle shape. And when you turn it off, you get your original surface back in its natural form. So uh, the idea behind this 2000 lumen projectors was that to provide our integrators the smaller chassis 2000 lumen projector that has enough space in the back for a smart device, like let's think, think of like the Intel Nuke PC, um, that can be connected to the cloud and provide content when it's needed. Now we have some really cool collaboration and stuff being worked on that I can talk about today. Uh, but think of like if you, especially during this time, uh, many retailers have to really think about how to create a space that provides experiences for products and people uh, while providing a health safety, safe distance for them to explore those opportunities and those experiences. 
So um, these projectors can be used for impromptu signage to provide, let's say, social distancing messages, or they can be used in a way to really showcase a product from a distance without having people to touch it or lift it or remove it for this experiential retail spaces that are popping up. So you did, you went into this a little bit uh, just now about, you know, the inspiration for the compact design, where it fits and sits in it. Can you talk a little bit about how people can use it in a digital signage solution? I know you talked about social distancing. Um, yeah. But once we get out of that too, what, what else sure. can we do with these projectors? Sure. So, so our uh, perspective of digital signage, if you, um, you and I talked when we were announcing these products, if you think of the digital signage world as this place that, or this notion that it started to replace static messaging. And so digital signage was born based on a well-known familiar technology, flat panels, and, and now you have all these different solutions with direct LED, low pitch, high pitch, and different solutions that can create larger than life experiences or smaller ones. We, we think digital signage is more than. It's that and then some. Signage, if it's supposed to be informative and engaging at its core, um, therefore, why not use projection, for example, for visual merchandising, for wayfinding? So not just purely messaging for social distancing, but, but it's, let's just kind of actually unpack that a little bit. Creating visual indicators on the floor where six feet apart means really at a theme park or as Disney is opening and there's a lot of news around it, as you know, or uh, you know, at, at, even at schools. So how do you utilize technology? Not so much, it's, not, it's less about the technology, but it's about the application. A meaningful interrupt, visual interruption of the customer journey, be it a student or a teacher or a shopper, by use of tech, visual technology. Mm -hmm. So the, the, we talked about social distancing in the current economic and obviously, you know, crazy pandemic climate that we're in. So are you saying that, because I know people are using right now, the solution is just to use a bunch of stickers or some, <laughs> some, some masking tape. They take a little measuring stick, they put it down, and here we are with social distancing. Do you think that the, the, just the technological aspect, the kind of high-end aspect of using a projector in these kinds of situations will bring the message home better, clearer? Will people be more engaged because it's this, you know, visual high impact experience that they're being given. I think uh, there's a lot we don't know, you know, and I think the world as we know it is changing, as you mentioned, right? So I do think dynamic content always wins over static content. I don't think it's the right solution for every occasion. Like I. About a month ago, I ventured to go to Home Depot and they had um, a lot of arrows, but, you know, people weren't really paying attention to this one-way directional stuff. So I think the way in which we think about designing a space is going to change. And how do we create visual cues and other available technologies? So I guess visual um, technology and solutions, one thing, but... During our last podcast, we talked about mapping solutions, but think of uh, how do we incorporate voice commands? Mm -hmm. how, do we, uh, how do we create a touchless world 
where your voice can provide or your presence can provide dynamic visual cues to provide the best experience, be it safety or be it a decision point. Um, so, you know, I'm not saying that our little power light is going to solve that problem, um, but it's more like our belief in the notion that when you combine smart lighting or smart projection um, in a system, you can possibly solve certain problems of an, an existing infrastructure that were impossible before. Do you, are you guys planning to build on this? I mean, probably are, but. Well, right now, I mean, I'd say that, um, you know, I'm, um, I'm not just drinking the, the Kool-Aid. You know, I truly believe, like, if you look at any sci-fi movies or, you know, when they are trying to show sort of a new age technology, people are, are interacting with content out of thin air stuff pops up and disappears like you don't see in some you know 20 i don't know like a futuristic movie where they're huddling around a flat panel or nothing against it i just feel like there is a tool in the toolbox for different applications and i do believe that projection plays a role in it i actually saw a um, concept car idea where with the use of projection it shows you sort of navigation on the road and so the question is like how far can a tech giant take that vision and actually implement it I hope it's Epson I like to be at the forefront of it um, but I do believe in that future yes I can see it <laughs> I'm speaking about visual cues I want to bring Tom in here at the same time that the mini projectors were announced, um, you guys also announced a series of laser display models for educators, including interactive and non-interactive uh, iterations in the PowerLight and BrightLink series. We're talking a lot about school reopenings in this moment and how classrooms will cope as the pandemic continues. How can these solutions help in re reconfiguring classrooms? It's a really interesting question, and um, I think the answer almost changes from day, day to day, unfortunately, because there's so, so much of the situation is fluid right now. Um, what we are seeing is, you know, depending on what area of the country you live in, some, some schools are going to have a, uh, a mixed environment where they have like a hybrid classroom where the teacher's in the classroom with some of the students, and while some are home learning remotely, and then in other um, areas, uh, at least to start, it looks like it's going to be uh, strictly remote. But um, the interesting thing about that is, is as we put kids in the classroom, one of the things that uh, is mentioned over and over is the, you know, the need for safety and keeping them safe and, 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 and uh, healthy. And so we're going to see the classrooms kind of expand in the sense that the, that the seats are going to be moved further back away from the displays. So one of the key things that uh, we feel we offer with um, these laser projectors is the ability to do these large images and some, um, depending on what model, up to 130 inches diagonal. Uh, the key being that the students can still read the content from no matter where they're sitting in the classroom versus smaller displays. Um, Remy had mentioned something about, you know, people huddling around a panel, um, you know, with the 
space requirements that are going to be put into place and, and, and wearing of masks and things like that to keep down the spread of germs. Um, we envision that a larger display is going to provide more value in the classroom. Also, further to that, certainly our display is a part, it's a component to an overall system. Teachers with their PCs, in many cases, are using programs like uh, Zoom, Google Hangouts, Microsoft Teams. And with that, because that display is basically going from their PC to the projector, it's also being displayed out to the viewer at home. And so using something like a whiteboard function that is built into uh, Zoom, student can follow along with the whiteboard content that the teacher is actually displaying there in the classroom in front of their other classmates. But then those students that are working from home can use those tools as well and actually annotate onto the whiteboard from, uh, from a remote location and they, be, um, they would be collaborating, right, in, in, in real time even uh, across the network and from different locations. I think you went into my next question a little bit there at the end. I was going to ask you how educators are going to utilize this to keep, you know, classrooms and students engaged because it's going to be such a different environment. You're talking about uh, in some instances doing three days from home and two days in class and these kinds of situations. So how can we use these, uh, these, models to keep kids engaged. I know right now, one of my best friends, she's doing paper elephant cutouts with her kids, right? <laughs> to, to keep her engaged through the summer until school starts, she's about five. Um, what fun things can we do with this just to keep kids in their seats? So, so certainly on the Brightlink models, we have the component of, of interactivity, right? So that, as I mentioned, can be um, something that's cast out to um, remote viewers. So things like lessons plans that are built in, whether you use online content, and there's certainly a lot of it out there, um, or if you're using something like a smart notebook, which is something that we bundle with our projector um, solutions. Um, so that, that way teachers can already use existing lesson plans that they've used and, and be able to um, cast them and make them, uh, remote to keep those students engaged because certainly um, students just staring at their PC that they're not going to get a lot of it right at least when they're in the classroom the teacher can say you know kind of look around and see who's paying, paying attention but when they're remote you can't always tell um, so certainly having using interactivity and using lesson plans that would engage the students and 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 have them answering whether you know it's through uh remote polls or, you know, using uh, annotation to, you know, fill in the blanks or, or, or move certain objects within the canvas um, certainly will help to keep them um, on task and focused. Here's a question I, I didn't throw out before, but um, is this being implemented? Do you see this, this interactivity already in the, the, with the work, uh, school from home situation that we're in right now? Well, I think that interactivity has been used widely in classrooms probably for at least a decade. Um, but the, the remote component is the one that is going to prove to be, you know, a, a new a new animal, right? Yeah, that's the one I'm, I'm looking at. <laughs> that's the one yeah. I want to know about, yeah. Yeah, so, so certainly um, 
I know this because my, my wife works in education. There's certainly a, a training going on with, with um, teachers uh, to understand that, okay, it, it is different and, and, and you need to keep those students engaged. And so they're um, using professional development time to invest in um, making sure that the, the uh, that the lessons are, are, are more impactful and, yeah. and, and keeping those students engaged. So certainly there's a, a training component because, um, uh, you know, not everyone's always comfortable with technology, right? And, 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 and so um, I know that in the case of my wife's district that, you know, teachers are actually coming back to school a little bit early and they're starting to delve into this and, and kind of get their feet wet and, uh, so by the time the students come back in a couple few weeks, that they'll feel comfortable um, teaching this way. I could talk to both of you all day long, seriously. <laughs> I always enjoy my conversations with you guys. Um, thank you both for joining me this afternoon. It was, it was wonderful. How can people find you, Remy, if they want to be in touch? Well, they can... Um... To learn more about our products, definitely uh, visit epson.com backslash digital experiences or backslash digital signage. I can be found on LinkedIn. Um, I think my handle is rdelmar and also on Twitter, um, rdmavar. Thank you. Tom, where can we find you? Okay, um, to learn more about Epson Classroom Solutions, um, we have a, a website, uh, epson.com forward slash brightlink, epson.com uh, forward slash education. So you can learn more about our products there. Um, I am also on LinkedIn, so you can find me there. Awesome. Thank you both. We turn now to Samsung's virtual experience, which focused on back to business and was held last week. Thanks for joining me, Mark. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Good. It's good to see you again. I know we, we met in New York um, sure. late last year when things were <laughs> better. <laughs> <laughs> more, more, more normal, right? Uh, more normal. I don't know what normal really is, but yeah, more normal. That's it. I use the word familiar because <laughs> I don't know good. what this is. I don't know yeah, what that's this good. is. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, familiar. I agree. So let's just launch in here. How did Samsung arrive at the visual and operational concept for your back to business conference? Yeah, that was, it, it was an interesting thing. You know, little things always um, are the catalyst for ideas and concepts. And so when uh, back in, well, of course, in January and February, we were hearing of issues around COVID-19 and how it was impacting some of the other geographies, you know, like China and 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 Europe, <clears throat> and um, I was so heads down on planning for a another event, a physical event, which was our Samsung VX, which was a partner-focused event um, where we had uh, many folks come out and, and visit with us. And you know, there was a there was a moment there when we had we arrived on that first day. We had some management meetings uh, prior to the kickoff of the event. And we had to notify folks that if they had were they they were had any symptoms or signs of of fevers or so forth that it was probably in the best interest for them not to come to the event. Mm -hmm. And it was at that point that I realized, you know, how are we going to operate in these physical event spaces 
moving forward um, because we put a lot of energy and, and emphasis. You know, events are a big part of our demand generation activities and our ability to go out there and, and interface with our customers, our partners, our clients, yourself in the, in the, in the media and, uh, and other influencers and so forth. And so it really got me to think, is there another way? How do, how do we, if this continues to be an impact, how do we you know, deal with this? So fast forward a, a you know, month, uh, we go into lockdown. I told my marketing team, you know, I think we need another plan. So how are we going to uh, reach our customers and ensure that we keep the dialogue that we've developed over the last uh, 12 months and, uh, and enable that conversation to continue. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I said, I think we need to not only think about how we work, you know, collaboratively uh, at, in a virtual capacity, but I think we need to figure out and redesign our entire uh, customer outreach, partner outreach uh, uh, process. And that, that was kind of the catalyst for how our uh, virtual event was born. Nice. So why, did, why was it so important to replicate, in some instances, the traditional trade show feel? Visually, it was kind of nice to arrive at the conference on the yeah. first day. And, it, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a conference hall, yeah. um, a trade show floor. And right. we have arrows telling us where to go. I, I really appreciated that kind of interactivity. Uh, why was that so important? I think there was a, a you know, you used a great term, familiarity, mm-hmm. right? I think there was a great amount of, um, of interest in trying to utilize what works. Because, the, you know, the, the trade shows, it was a big part of and continues to be a big part of our strategy for reaching customers and and showing off the, the various technologies and innovations, innovations that we bring to market, um, especially in the visual experience space, right? I mean, the, that's one thing that uh, is so important, right? Kind of seeing is believing. So how could we replicate that? I thought it was important, and the team came back with some very nice concepts around how we could blend a little bit of the familiar with some of these new concepts on how we engaged with uh, <clears throat> with customers and uh, and partners and the like, right? So I, I think that's something that, you know, in all honesty, we're still learning, right? You know, there's some things that we did extremely well, in my opinion, and there's other things that we would like to improve on. Um, and so I, I think that's one of the opportunities moving forward is, you know, we've, we've had, we took a risk, we, we invested heavily in order to ensure that we could have that uh, that dialogue continue in this format with our with our various uh, stakeholders and now it's about okay taking what we learned and then applying it for for the next time so what was the feedback from attendees you've heard my feedback but what did you hear from people yeah i mean it's 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 been positive uh you know i think you know it's ranged from you know really good to excellent in some cases right uh i think we felt really, it was really important. And maybe it was, I was maniacal about this. This is, I, I'm an individual who has a pretty short attention span. So I get distracted very easily. And so I went into it uh, challenging my, my team to really focus on how to keep um, individuals engaged, especially because, you know, different than in a traditional trade show or, or an event where you physically have them uh, an individual and you're engaging 
with them, you can see when you're kind of missing things, right? And, and how to keep them engaged and so forth. Um, in that virtual space, it's, it's, it's a little difficult, right? And not knowing kind of your audience or am I really hitting it with the audience, whether it's in a keynote, in a breakout, am I answering the question, you know, uh, in, in the right way or giving the right context? And so wanting to ensure that things were in very digestible chunks of information so you could acquire that information quickly, uh, not get you know, too saturated in some information, then not enough depth in others, and move along the day because everybody's got a busy day, right? If, mm-hmm. uh, I, would ex- I would say that I've never, I've never been um, working as long continuously along in these days. I mean, they're long days because we're, yeah, we're, we're, we're focused on, uh, on staying engaged and in doing so, you know, the time just flies by. Right. And so I wanted to make sure that uh, we had a situation where we could get folks in, share that information, share it very quickly and concisely, and then move them forward into the kind of the next uh, set of information. Uh, and I think that, the feedback that we got was, um, as I said, ranging from from good to very good to great in some cases. So kudos to my team for you know being able to deliver and execute against that. Mm-hmm. And I think you know moving forward, we'll find uh, other ways to even augment that further. Sure. So let's talk digital signage products. Sure. Uh, <laughs> for those listeners who weren't able to attend uh, the back to business you know virtual experience. Have you been implementing um, that concept with your digital signage partners? Um, can you can you say a little bit more on that? I mean, exactly, kind of what you're right. So thinking. you brought in some of your some of your partners to talk. Oh about yeah, oh yeah, sure, experience. sure. So I just wanted. So some people may not have tended to to be engaged in that way. How you bring the experience of your products is really what I'm asking. Yeah. Uh, for, in, in a remote way to, yeah. to your clients who are probably still on your roster. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, so that was a, a, another challenge that we had to kind of contend with was now the one benefit uh, of the virtual space is that you're not bound by physical space. So attendance is actually much better um, if you can get folks there. Right, um, because you're not bound by the physical space. You don't need to get on a an airplane necessarily, travel, stay somewhere. So that that's the good part of it. And I and we did some really good things in order to drive awareness, get folks to understand that you know, that this was happening and so forth. At the same time, you had situations where yes, either certain customers couldn't attend, certain partners couldn't attend. How do we keep them uh, engaged and and uh, make sure that we're having that outreach if they didn't get a chance to, to see that. So one of the beauties of the platform that we chose um, was that it will remain there for the next 12 months, right? So okay. it's a resource that you may not have gotten to participate in the live uh, portion of the uh, sessions, So, uh, but everything was, was recorded and it's there on demand. I, I was even there last night uh, taking a look at uh, some of the, presentations that I wasn't able to capture, right? Because I had a busy day that day as I was going through my session and, and my recordings and, and the like. Um, 
that I wanted to hear some playbacks to see how some of the folks uh, were communicating on the, on the signage product. So that I think that's, that's one way. The other way is that we are in the process of opening up all of our executive briefing centers. So we have a few around the country. One, one that's already open is in Irvine, Irvine, California. So that's our, our main briefing center. And that's where we have all of our products on display, uh, you know, ranging from the, you know, the smaller display monitors and our outdoor signage all the way up to some of the big LED walls that we have in there or the wall, right, per se. Um, the way that we've been using that facility, of course, is we can offer virtual tours. So we have somebody on site who walks, uh, you know, the customer on the other, you know, side of the WebEx or on the phone through a virtual tour to show them kind of the, the vastness of the lineup and, and kind of what's available and allows the sales team to, you know, provide some additional information while, you know, the tour is going on. Or we can actually have a physical tour. So we've just set up, um, since it's in California, we are aligned with the protocols that uh, California has put in place to allow for certain social distancing requirements to be met, uh, minimal number of attendees to come into the facility and kind of tour uh, firsthand. So it's by appointment only so that, so that we can make sure that we're uh, turning over the um, the space properly with the, the right level of cleaning and so forth. So um, I, I got to, again, commend the team on all the work they did to put us in a position to, uh, to be able to execute in that way. So that's Irvine. We're in a similar situation where we're evaluating our uh, ability to open our other briefing centers, one in New Jersey and then one in uh, Washington, D.C., um, but that's kind of the kind of the next step or the next iteration of our efforts to reach out to customers and partners. So what digital signage product from Samsung has had the biggest use of impact in this really stressful business climate? <laughs> Again, I know that some of your partners, your integration partners and your um, end users were at the conference. Uh, what, what sector of the digital signage market is working for you in this moment? Sure. So um, given the vast you know, size of the portfolio, right? Like, like I said, it starts with actually consumer display, desktop displays, monitors, all the way up to the big LED, outdoor LED signage. I mean, we just uh, announced uh, in cooperation with uh, Hollywood Park, the SoFi Stadium installation of uh, the new video board at the uh, SoFi Stadium for the Los Angeles Rams and the, and the Chargers, right? So, you know, that, that's a pretty broad spectrum of products where I would say um, it kind of fits into three, three kind of categories. Hyper, can't keep these things in the, in the, in the, on the shelf from a monitor standpoint. I mean, the, that business is just churning uh, uh, because of the fact that we're all now being forced to work from home. And I think there was a, a first wave of almost a, a little bit of a get whatever you can, like a hoarding mentality, you know, uh, uh, I, I, never, I never thought I would be wrestling over toilet paper and paper towels as much as I have been over the last, you know, four or five months. Um, but, but in any event, Monitor kind of fell in that kind of essential products, right, because you needed something. And so I, there was this first wave of, okay, buy whatever's out there. Then we went into a bit of a shortage. And then all of a sudden, uh, now people are realizing how long we're going to be doing this. Mm -hmm. And now they're looking at, okay, 
what's, what's my ideal setup, right? I, I needed the right products. And so there's a, there's an endurance to that demand. It's not just kind of that spike and then it's gone. So that's a business that I see um, continuing to be strong for us for, for the foreseeable future. Within the kind of traditional signage, uh, you know, our LCD signage or, or um, large, large format displays, uh, I would say it's a little bit of a mixed bag. You have some of the new products that we launched, the Pro TV, uh, because of its um, easy to use interface and uh, aggressive price points, you know, in that kind of prosumer uh, category of the market. It's done very well. Not necessarily, we initially in, thought that it was going to be a, a targeted product towards SMBs. Okay. And that, that really was where the, the, the design center was for that product. Um, you know, SMBs have been impacted pretty severely during this situation, unfortunately. Uh, but where we have seen opportunities in, in the areas of education. So as education starts to try to uh, improve their infrastructure to be able to support digital learning, uh, virtual, you know, classrooms and so forth, classrooms of the future, whatever they, you know, you might uh, uh, call the, the strategy, um, more displays are required in the classroom, right, to enable these, you know, virtual uh, learning environments. And so that's, that's an opportunity that we see. Um, QSR is another opportunity where, uh, you know, all of the activity went from the dining hall out to, to the, uh, to the drive-throughs, right? So uh, we saw an incredible set of demand initially during the wave of COVID where uh, uh, the QSR operators were trying to meet the demand of all of the uh, drive-through traffic that was coming in. Uh, to their um, to their restaurants, uh, but then we went into a, a little bit of a period of a pause where um, access to essential services and and construction and permitting and so forth started to run into a little bit of the bumps right as the administration got impacted by people getting sick, new protocols, new policies. Uh, but I think that's another area that we'll continue to see uh, pretty steady. Uh, growth. Um, the traditional corporate environments are very slow uh, because people aren't in the offices. You're not replacing screens in conference rooms and the like. Uh, and I and I think that's uh, going to continue. Retail is probably another area that's lagging behind a bit because of the fact that there are limitations. But that is one thing that we focused on um, identifying new use models for our screens, uh, whether it's uh, the um, temperature check solutions, the traffic control solutions, you know, as, as some of the businesses open back up, giving the businesses tools to better manage their operations, right? Uh, again, it's really a business continuity situation where you can kind of open up and then stay open because you can manage, you know, the, the, the facilities over time. In the LED space, um, a lot of those projects, again, just like uh, in, the, in the display area, those are more construction-based, and so access to facilities sometimes were limited. So we saw initially a lot of those opportunities push out, and now they're starting to come back in, right? Or uh, customers who still have the capabilities who want to move forward. Uh, and we were actually surprised uh, with a few of them because uh, they were pretty large projects that we thought uh, maybe, these, maybe these aren't going to happen. <clears throat> they've come back now that things are starting to open up looking to install these large gorgeous video walls partly because one now you have access to the facilities 
where you don't have, you know, you wouldn't have to take down a part of that facility in order to get the installation in. So that's a benefit. And then two, to attract, you know, as we start opening up the country to start attracting people when it's safe to do so to come back in, right? So I think that's the, the other thing. And then in the, in the large outdoor LED space, again, the, the challenge is a lot of our, our businesses with um, the sports and entertainment live venue uh, um, opportunities. And, you know, we're just starting to see sports come back. So uh, while we we have uh, projects going on in those spaces, uh, you know, the future pipeline is kind of slow to take off based on not knowing what exactly uh, the operating model is going to be for some of these major sports leagues or even the collegiate leagues, right? I mean, I I have a daughter who uh, does high school track and we're trying to figure out, you know, what is their, you know, situation going to be? So everybody's kind of struggling with what's the future like. Yeah, absolutely. I want to thank you so much for joining me on the show today. It's been great to catch up with you again. Um, Amazing virtual conference. Hope you guys do it again soon. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I could tell you that it will be, um, it will be part of our, our arsenal moving forward. I think it's an important piece of our, uh, of our communication and uh, marketing efforts. So it's going to be a key component for the business for the foreseeable future. Yep. Awesome. Where can folks find you if they want to be in touch? Well, Samsung.com is definitely uh, kind of our first starting point. We also, for for those folks who have uh, uh, connections with either one of our channel uh, partner reps or as a customer, our sales representatives as well, right? So, I, I, you know, reach out to them and they can always kind of circulate you or, or, or uh, get folks in the contact with uh, – with the right individuals, right? So uh, we uh, display solutions on our samsung.com page is, is definitely a good start. We've got a lot of insights and information there. And then uh, again, like I said, the, the um, Samsung virtual experience platform will exist for the uh, foreseeable future. So we'll make sure that we provide the information so you can share that with your listeners. Awesome. Thank you so much, Mark. All right. Thank you. I'm Lenore Aline, and you can find me on Twitter at Lenore DSM. For Aviation, visit our website, avianation.tv. You'll find this show and a host of others. While you're there, please visit our supporters section. These are the companies that support us financially and help us bring you Digital Signage Digest, coverage of DSE, Infocom, and more. All that and more at avianation.tv. That's avianation.tv.